One, two. Welcome to Rockstar It Sucks. My name is Carl Q, and you may know me from my various music projects, Museum Mouth, comma, Gay Meat, comma, or my slight involvement with the band Say Anything. Hello, my name is Becca High, and today I am drinking a blue Powerade. <laughs> insane, actually insane beverage choice, but go off, Queen. Um, and today is super exciting because we're joined by an iconic guest. We're joined by none other than Sarah Tudson of Illuminati Hotties. Uh, hi, Sarah. How the heaven and hell are you? Hey, this is Becca. I am editing this. So I'm just here to explain that we unfortunately do not have the audio from Sarah for the intro. She does come in once we hit the track listing and start talking about the song. So stay tuned for that. Also, I apologize for Carl's audio. He tried to tell me we wouldn't be able to hear the people in his background, and I told him that was highly unlikely, and I was right. So hopefully that explains everything. This episode was chaotic to record. That reminds me, I recently drank like a Limerita, but it was mango. That shit is, it's so sweet. I remember drinking it as like a teen with Carl and being yes. like, this stuff rocks. And now I'm like, it literally gives me a stomach ache. It's battery acid. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally battery acid. Yeah. It's so funny. We were at Nick's parents' house. They had a whole refrigerator drawer full of the lemonade aritas. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I like hadn't thought about those in so long. That feel when a beverage is a time and a place. Also, famously, that one time we... I feel like one time I went to a bar with, I want to say, like, Taylor and some other people. And, it like, on special, they had Limerita as, like, a special. And I assumed maybe it was, like, a real drink. But all they did was open the little can and pour it over ice. And I was like, <laughs> okay, yes! Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but, okay, so the three of us are gathered here today on Zoom to discuss a little album called O, comma, Inverted World by The Shins. Uh, Sarah Tudson, you picked this album. So, um, okay, so I actually got into The Shins with um, the video for So Says I off of Shoots to Nero, the album right after this. Um, and then it was weird because Shoots to Nero kind of came out in conjunction with Garden State. So when you hear Natalie Portman praising this band that I was like slowly kind of getting into at the time, I was like, what the fuck are these songs? These are not on the album I have. So I had to kind of work backwards a little bit and was a little gagged to, um, oh my God, I, I'll hold on one second. Okay. I'm so sorry. We have an internet friend that we're all meeting for the first time and he just walked in the door. Sorry, um, but yeah, so that's all just to say that I worked backwards into this record, and I was like, I think I, this is going to be a recurring theme on this record, or on this app, but I think I like Shoots Too Narrow more. Thank you. Just got delivered a sandwich. Oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> I want to reach out a frame and then have a sandwich appear. <laughs> um, okay, Becca, what was life like for you? Um... I I don't know how I was introduced to the Shins. It was probably via like the Garden State soundtrack or also I believe Know Your Onion was 
on the Gilmore Girls soundtrack. They had like a season one soundtrack and also the Shins, I think, performed on an episode of Gilmore Girls. Yes. Didn't Mallory tell us that on the Garden State app I of think the pod? I mentioned it. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's the other outlet I would have discovered them from. But Graham had this CD, this physical copy. Um, but when it came out, I was like eight years old. So it doesn't really make sense. Um, for me to discover them at that age. So maybe later on when Graham was in high school, he started listening to them and therefore I was listening to them. That would make a ton of sense linearly. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's something kind of crazy before we dive into the track listing. There's something kind of crazy about this band. And um, Sarah, you brought this up so perfectly saying that kind of there were two sounds of indie rock at the, at the time. Um, I feel like as this band grew in popularity and as they continue to write and record and release music, I feel like they met that other trend in a way that I personally find so much more appealing. Um, but I do think that there is something like so cool and earnest about the sound of this record and kind of like where this band started melodically, musically, and where they have, you know, moved to more recently. Especially in this like era, I feel like there's like a good run of three records here by this band that are all amazing, and this is obviously it's the first stepping stone. Okay, so in terms of critical eval, um, I didn't spend a lot of time looking, but I know there is a Pitchfork review. Um, <laughs> the writer of that Pitchfork review only writes about how much he hates summer. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what this review is about? For the most part. Oh, I see. Summer is here. Get your in like, brackets, insert time. ice drink here. Yeah, he's like, summer's the worst. I hate it. And you like skim through. There's like some talk of about like some songs. And then he's like, summer's the worst. The literal second paragraph opens with, if my tone isn't suggestive enough, then I'll say it flat out. I hate summer. It's like, okay, what the fuck? Ooh, talk about the damn record freak. Yeah. What a crazy era for music writing. <sighs> Literal mess. Oh my god, Sarah, your new record's gonna get a pitchfork review that's just gonna be like, I fucking hate summer! <laughs> Pool hopping, no! Alright. Yeah. So, Oh Inverted World by The Shins <laughs> opens with a little song called Caring is Creepy. Becca, hi. Yeah. How the fuck do you feel about caring is creepy um i think it is a solid great introduction to the sound of the shins mm-hmm. i unfortunately think the drums sound bad okay <laughs> <laughs> i think i will just say full disclosure we have talked about this song before since it is on say it with me the garden state oh, soundtrack yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> but um Okay, so drums sound like ass. So tell what else? How else do you um, feel? I mean, it's 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 not my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's just like I said, it opens their their debut studio album, and it's like <laughs> here we go. This is the vibe. You got yeah you you got it. We got some. <laughs> someone else say stuff <laughs> i okay i will say i uh, having talked about the song before i love this song i think this song is amazing i think it opens this record so beautifully i think that it kind of touches on um some kind of like 
fun offbeat, some kind of like, um, you know, and for sort of stuff on the drums that is like, I feel like the shins don't really explore that too much more after this. And it's so it's fun. Like at a show, I would go off to this song. Um, and I famously said that of the two songs that appear on the Garden State soundtrack, I like this one more. Whoa. Um, and is that crazy? Is that a crazy take? No, I don't think that's a crazy take. Um, okay. Yeah. Keep going. Okay. I well, interrupt you. Sarah, how do you feel about Caracas Creepy? I love it. I think it's an awesome first song. I think the melody is amazing. I think that the lyrics are weird and cool, and and it like <laughs> it totally su- makes a. It's like a. It summarizes this band really well um, for their first song on their first record. Um, the drums do sound shitty. I agree. <laughs> um, which is due. I found out that. Most of the drums were tracked on a Roland digital six track recorder. So it was like post cassette world when people were were like using computers to track stuff. But, um, you know, Roland and Tascam came out with all these digital recorders that worked in the way that a four track cassette recorder might work, except it was recording to like an SD card or some kind of memory thing. Um, oh my so goodness gracious James Mercer tracked all these drums On this Little digital six track And then dumped them one by one Into his computer um, And relined them up For this whole album Which it's all produced by him And by uh, yeah. The Shins as a band Whoa I didn't know Any of this Yeah so the drums sound pretty crazy And like to me they have the sound of someone who is sitting in the same room as the drum set and not realizing through headphones how crazy they sound at the time. Because mm-hmm. I've, done, okay, I've Sarah, made that mistake. I, li- <laughs> I can quote. So right before we hopped on the Zoom call, I was telling Nick that I don't love this record. And I was mm-hmm. like, but I bet this will be one of those eps where the guest convinces me that this record is good. And you've already done it. We're on track one. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. Uh, okay. Literally, Caring is Creepy rocks. It's yeah. great. I love that song. I think it's really fun. And, like, it. you just, like, are, like, are immediately drawn into their world with all of this, like, sort of whistling and, like, weird sonic texture that is, like, you know, like, kind of builds up with a, like, do, 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 like, this little arpeggiated thing. Yes. And then it, he just... It does build in a really beautiful way. Yeah. And he rips right into the melody and you're like, whoa. Yeah, the vocals, the higher octave vocals right in the front. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's good. Yeah. It's really good. That song is such a serve. Yeah. Okay, track two on O Inverted World is a song called One by One All Day. Um, I, it took me, it was really hard for me to even think about how the song went before I started listening to the record. <laughs> um, but I think the song is fun and cool. Um, I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to listen to a little bit of it. Is that okay? Totally, yeah. Nope. I mean, I make the rules, so I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm actually listening to it right now. Okay. Um, Sarah's like, y'all are fake as fuck. I already know how it goes. <laughs> I listened to this all, like, earlier today when I was like, man, I got to I gotta brush up a little bit and make sure it's the album <laughs> I'm thinking it is. <laughs> okay. I... Um, I, once the, one thing I love about this song is the drums. And now hearing about the insane way that they were labored over and made, 
I'm like gagged. Mm-hmm. The song is drum heavy, the house down. Yeah. It makes me want to bang on a floor tom really bad. Hell yeah. What's yeah. better than that? Is it can a song be better if it makes you just want to bang on the drum all day? <laughs> no, it actually can't. And as someone who hates to play drums, if a song makes me want to play drums, <laughs> that's like the biggest compliment I could give a song. I mean so. <laughs> was that was that a reference to that song called Bang the Drum All Day? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course oh, yeah. it was. <laughs> Who sings that? Um, I have no idea. Todd, it's actually the Shins. Todd it's actually the Shins' Rundgren? fourth studio album. Really? Mm-hmm. No. Whoa, Wait. I had no idea. Are you guys saying really to me or to Becca? Both. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Becca, how do you feel by one by one all day? I love the harmonies in the song. Um, I think it just strolls along nicely like with the drums and I think it's cool that they're layered with it's basic you're just getting the sound of the picks drumming the strings of like an acoustic guitar or something mm-hmm. over the drums I don't know if we're actually hearing any like chords being played but like besides that the the simple note progression on guitar that's happen- happening it's like elevated with the synths and the texture and like the vocals themselves. And also this has the line of the album in it. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. Bridge three. Bridge three. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So this is low key title track vibes, the house. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. We love that. Hell yeah. Oh, I love the genius is telling us about the synth solo. That's so cute. Okay, sorry, Sarah. Don't let me cut you off. No, no. I wasn't. Ta- I was just saying hell yeah. I was hell yeahing this, uh, this conversation. One by One All Day is not my favorite song on this album. I feel like it's very weird to me that, like, it's like kind of goes into, like, psychedelic world or something. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like they're trying to do something that maybe is not natural to the shins. And, um,. Probably just because it's their first record, and they probably haven't thought much about like what it, what it what they even are as a band yet. Um, but I, it's really weird to start so strongly, and then I feel like one by one all day and weird divide are kind of like this lull in the album for me until Know Your Onion uh, mm-hmm. is on, and like yeah, I don't know. This one never really stuck with me. I thought that maybe I would re-listen to it and be like, oh, actually, like, I think I missed something on these songs that I um, sort of skipped over when I was younger. And um, and just in general, as like a huge aside, uh, when I was listening back, a bunch of songs that I thought were on Oh, Inverted World are actually on Wincing the Night Away. Um, because I just conflated those albums in my mind and actually i should say it the other way around i thought that new slang and carrying is creepy were on wincing the night away um interesting and then i was like no actually those are like right out the gate like the big shin songs are just the first record it is kind of it's really insane to think about that it's insane that like you know when you're thinking about this band and kind of like their um, trajectory with the culture that some of the hits right off the bat yeah are on the literal debut album that is kind of rare but also I feel like the band grew so massively in popularity 
by the time Wednesday the Night Away came around. This band just has a very odd trajectory in general, where James Mercer is very famous, but also maybe the least, like, public figure-y famous indie rock person out there, question mark? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think so. I mean, they have... I think it was a slow burn, you know? They obviously had hits right out the gate, but it wasn't until Wincing the Night Away that they had an album charting when... I think this is correct. Maybe fact check this. But I think Wincing the Night Away was the first album that charted um, while it was, like, new, and then um, Oh, Inverted World charted much later. Um, Or maybe didn't chart at all. But... uh, it, yeah, it, it's it's they had a, a real slow burn, and, and then Wincing the Night Away was like the record where they like got on SNL and they were like doing the late night shows, and they were like all of a sudden like the biggest indie rock band of all time. But they had had Literally. so much history already. Mm-hmm. I remember. I feel like uh, Kissing the Lipless was like the, that, and Phantom Limb were like the beginning of like the craziness. So I think Kissing Lipless is on Shoot Scenario, but mm-hmm. regardless, that's all just to say this: the first two albums of this band are really easy to kind of just get all mixed up. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, I think one by one all day rocks, in my opinion. I think it rocks. Okay, I'm gonna give Sarah, it a, a if sucks. A, if plus. a song doesn't rock or suck, it can be just fine. I'm gonna go just fine. Okay, second egg. <laughs> Track three is a song called Weird Divide. Um, I remember looking at the track listing for this. I was like, oh, yeah, I like that song. And then I listened to it today. I was like, I don't know if I like this song. <laughs> it is meandering. Don't you, don't you agree? 100%. It's so slow. It's so weird that it's the third song on the album. It's just like lost or something like it just found its way to the top of this track list or like i don't know if they were trying to show scope or um i didn't really look into what the singles were maybe it was like an off-kilter single that they just put on the a-side and like i I don't know i'm not sure what the singles on this record were carrying is creepy was not weirdly i think it was just new slang Mm -hmm. uh i know for sure I don't know about any other ones. Maybe it might have just been that. Carl, what is that? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. My my internet is being crazy boots, and everyone's voice is doing the thing that Terrence's voice was doing in the last step, where it was like going slow and then fast. It sounds normal on my Um, end. Okay, well that's that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, but yeah. Oh my god, I should. Oh, I don't know. I can't be mean to that cat. That's. I think that's probably girlfriend. The cat here. No, I heard something like outside my window that sounded like a child screaming. Oh, okay. I thought that was. I, yeah. There's a lot of. There's some interesting <laughs> stuff going on with this app. Whoa, Sarah. I think this might be one of the most chaotic apps of the podcast is ever. This... And I feel so bad that you, someone who is a genius, oh my, and God. so well spoken, <laughs> are getting subjected to the insanity. I, well, did I hex this podcast? I didn't mean to. <laughs> What was that? Oh no! I said, "Did Wait, I?" Hex- do we all have the same headphones on? I got the open back ones. Oh, I think, I'm, but man, I have I think- the sim- the same <sighs> brand, like same guts are in there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Sarah, how do you feel about Weird Divide? You said it was. You said you didn't Jador. I did not Jador. I think it sucks. I don't know. It's weird. It's boring. It's not It's not weird in a cool way. It's just like, whatever. Like, they the have, we know that they can make better ballads than this, you know? 
a weird yeah. divide. Yes. I think it, I agree. It's why is it so short? Um yeah. I want to speak to that on the genius page there's a quote from heather fairs who wrote an article for all music review and she said we're divided as a backyard pet sounds it's winding melody channels that point in the summer when it's too hot to care much about anything punctuating it with percussion that evokes incessant sprinklers which i love <laughs> okay it's crazy that there That's are key. so Is many this the, this- Sorry, go ahead, Carl. No, 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 Sarah, please. You talk over me. I, I just, I think it's crazy this is your that there's. Podcast now. there's <laughs> I've always wanted a podcast. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> it's crazy that there's so many summer illusions. And, and um, I, I did some research. And so it, this album just turned 20 years old. It came out in June of 2001. And so it, it's really weird that I think like a genre and a band that's like so associated with like pacific northwest like gray emo like not emo in the traditional sense but like you know sad guy bedroom pop um is getting all this summer press which (laughs) admittedly of all the albums this one has a lot of like beach boys ish stuff going on but but it never i never think of the shins being like a a, like sunny day beach band or anything no literally same as fuck i don't yeah. think about that at all it makes no sense they're fall winter bands and also yeah. i had a rug that looked like the cover of this album you did yeah That's it looked awesome. exactly like this it was free <laughs> at my old house the old tenants left it nice. i'll try and dig up a pack <laughs> <laughs> okay how do we feel about weird divide i think it i think it's i think it sucks i think it sucks i like it i like the imagery (laughs) of it um i think it rocks okay slay track four is a song called know your onion i'm going to say right off the bat i literally love this forking song great song Mm-hmm. Song slays ass and hole. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, okay, I do have a bone to pick. After kind of like the first chorus, when they go into the the parking cars on your chest imagery, I'm like, is this verse? What is this? Yeah. Well, I think across the Shins catalog, there's a lot of weird form choices that they make, um, and 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 I feel like they're they hit interesting melodic sections that you've never heard before. In, yes. in, like, places where maybe you wouldn't think there would be that. Um, and no. I think it works in this song, though. I think it's cool. It's like an alt verse or something. And um, for some reason, it's it's exciting to me when it when it happens. It, it's, I, the first time I listened back through this record, I was like, I don't like this. Why'd they do this? And second time I was like, I was expecting it. I was like, okay, wait, I do like this. <laughs> <laughs> also, those lyrics are good. So, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I feel like yeah. this is a song that grabbed me. And I was like, ooh, I am into whatever band this is. Let me explore more. Um, and it was my favorite song on this record back then. And it's still one of my favorites. Okay, love yeah. that. Yeah, Sarah, it's great. is there anything else you want to say about this song? Um, I want to say that generally, I think this is a, a huge, like, secret hit for the Shins. 
Um, and <laughs> and maybe dog agrees. I don't know if you can hear that. She goes, yes! <laughs> she is... I'm just going to... Somebody is delivering a package, clearly, so I'm just going to let this fizzle oh. out. Um... Anyway, <laughs> I this think this episode. is <laughs> I think this is a great song. I think it's awesome. Um, I also laugh because when I was making the Pom Pom Squad record, they had like a joke in their band about like sharing their onions when they had um, an opinion to voice because um, because like opinion autocorrects to onion sometimes if you like spell it wrong, and they're like, I have an onion to share, and so. That's all I could think about when I was listening to this song was knowing your opinion. <laughs> I think that that is like a thing. I didn't know about the autocorrective at all, but I feel like I have seen in all my years being online, I feel like I have seen people say like their onion when they're talking about their opinion. Yeah. The is it not? Maybe it's not an autocorrect thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. What's that? Oh, no, please. Oh, Becca. I'm just going to read. Explain. I'm going to read from the Genius page. Uh, the song's oh, yes, title. Oh, yes. Yeah, the song's title, Know Your Onion, is a phrase commonly used to mean to be experienced in or knowledgeable about a subject. However, in an article about the album, Will Leviath implies that Mercer meant it differently. Mercer's mother might have said, Know Your Onion, James, or as he translates her, Get Your Shit Together, Kid. Oh, okay. Wait, I love that. Yeah, that's sweet. I'm I'm adopting that. I like I it. I think also I just real quick a quick little pause here to say, um, "Stream Death of a Cheerleader" by Pom Pom Squad. The record <laughs> is amazing. Out now on City Slang. Yes. Sarah um, had a big hand in making that. Great plug, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Go listen to it. Um, but okay, I literally I love this song. This is my favorite song on this record. I think this song rocks. Yes, mm-hmm. rocks. Agree. The bass line in the song is rocks. So oh, hard. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sick. So, track five is a song called Girl Inform Me. Sarah, how do you feel about Girl Inform Me? I love this song. I think it was so fun and cool. Um, I'm going to look up a lyric here. Let me pull yeah, this up. please. Because I was listening and I was like into this also i just need you to say i just need to say that uh fun and cool are two of my adjectives to describe a song fun cool um, awesome fun cool good it rocks those are like the only adjectives i can use to describe a song when i like them so i'm happy to hear you say that about this thank you you know i am not finding the lyric that i i might be conflating this with a different song right now but i just remember hearing it and being like Great. Another great album track. I don't think I have anything particularly insightful to say about it. I hope that one of y'all do. Um, but, it, you know, we're all building up to this moment, which is track six. Um, and and I think that so far it's been a lot of hits and not a lot of misses on this on this record. Um, I would Girl inform me I would being say, um, I would say up until this point, we can cut the mustard well enough, which is an insane <laughs> lyric in this song, which I'm like, okay, literally, what are we talking about? But yeah, um, I think I think if you can incorporate the word mustard into song lyrics and do it well, then that's like a skill in and of itself. And you should put that on your resume. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what? Challenge accepted. <laughs> Becca, how do you feel about Girl Inform Me? 
Okay. When I was listening to this album, like, Friday, Saturday night, I was listening to it on my laptop, and I was like, why? And it's the uh, 20th anniversary remaster on Spotify I've been listening to. Um, and I'm, I've been listening to it, and I'm just like, why does this album seem like it's lower quality in terms of recording? Um, and today I listened to it in the good headphones and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it does sound better when you're wearing headphones, but this song does not, it still sound, but I think it's just because everything <laughs> is so buried in reverb on a lot of songs that it, it tricks you into like, you're like, this sounds like poor quality recording somehow, but I think it's just the, the reverb. It is poor quality recording is the other <laughs> part of it. Um, <laughs> because um, I'm, I have this tape op article pulled up actually because I wanted to share this, which because it's it was total insanity reading this. Um, okay, so basically, the sh- James Mercer made this album on his own in his bedroom in pure bedroom pop style. Um, yes. And it's before, then, like, I think part of the way through the album, they get in touch with Phil Eck, um, who is not credited on all music, um, but then goes on to produce and engineer Shoots Too Narrow, and then stays on for Wincing the Night Away. He becomes, like, a main collaborator. And obviously their budget increases mm-hmm. exponentially every time they sell ten times more th- more records than Sub Pop thought they would. <laughs> um, so, James talks about burying his vocals in reverb and effects because he's finding all these effects on this crazy computer program called okay he he said he started recording this record when he had a hewlett packard pavilion an old old pc um one of the little ones with a program called cool edit pro on it cool edit pro I have no I idea what that, that is. A uh, computer had a really slow processor, so then he buys a Gina sound card that was 16-bit. <laughs> so halfway through the re- and then halfway through the record, he upgrades again. He buys a 24-bit digital audio lab sound card, sound card, and a slightly nicer microphone. Um, so he goes from recording on l- literal trash computer and slowly increases fidelity over the course of making this record. Um, as well as, like, he talks about he didn't even have an XLR cable. Um, he's recording on old SM57s plugged directly into the computer. Uh, and then he gets a Rode NT1, which is also, like, a pretty cheap basic microphone. This microphone right here. Yeah, it's a, it's a great mic. And it is, <laughs> but it's, it's definitely just, like, bedroom rig, like, still working in that realm. Um, so it sounds crazy because it was badly recorded on a crazy computer program. Um, literally, the drive to make this album is crazy. Like, yes. literally doing it all just to make it happen. Exactly. So, um, so he, as he's upgrading, he's, like, realizing that, like, older songs that he recorded sound like shit, and he's covering them in delay and reverb and all this stuff just to, like, sort of mask the fidelity and make it sound a little more intentional in the process. And he talks all about this in... The, in this tape op article, which was also sort of just like the tune of the hour, um, 
at that point when it was hard to get your hands on good recording gear on the personal level you know incredibly that i feel like around the time that this record was being recorded so haphazardly i was experimenting with a microphone that just plugged right into my computer through like a quarter inch jack and then i had the like little smaller jack on it to make it actually fit exactly um the way i don't know anything about recording but like you know 2000 2001 that's what i was doing so yeah T James Mercer, we're on the same wavelength. You're just much more successful than me, and that's fine. I think um, I've read now. Yes, that's that. iconic. Oh, Becca, go. <laughs> I think I read somewhere that um, the Shins was basically James Mercer's project to basically um, experiment with creating just like three chord conventional pop songs. Okay. So that makes tons of sense because that's what this that's what a lot of this is though. I mean again, we do have some songs that meander into insane territory. Yeah. Um, so it's like more like six chords, but <laughs> <laughs> Are we on Girl Inform Me? What song are we on? I we are on, we're up, on Girl Inform Me. me. <laughs> I think I'm Okay, Girl Inform Me rocks. Yeah. Sarah, I literally, I must say, thank you for bringing the intel to this app. Because I literally don't know trash shit, so. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, that's, like, weirdly my, well, I guess it's not that weird, but I don't know. It's kind of weird, I guess. But that's, like, my bag on records, you know, is, like, I love the songs, and then I, like, am, like, obsessed with all the freak shit that went into making them. Um, cause, cause it's kind of cool sometimes. And then you're like, damn, like really anybody can do this. I like that. I think <laughs> it's very cool. I cannot wait to, oh my God, my internet connection's unstable. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. The way I get like really serious to say that. <laughs> um, uh, I, all this is, is all just to say, I, I cannot wait to, to hear the next Illuminati Highs record recorded and Cool Edit Pro. Yes. Oh, my God. I am going to download Cool Edit Pro the second this podcast is over. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, track. Did anyone say how they felt about Girl Inform Me? Was it just rocks. me? It rocks. It rocks. Okay, so I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm dragging you guys through the mud in this episode. Is, okay, when you Google Cool Edit Pro, just Adobe Audition comes up now. Oh, so oh maybe... God, do you think? Do you think? I mean, there is a link to download Cool Edit Pro 2.1. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. This is exciting. Did I do okay. it? Yes, both of you yeah. hop on it right now. I can't do it. My internet connection. <laughs> oh, the it's only when it only supports Windows. Hewlett Packard, baby. Okay, oh track six, new slang. Here it is. Okay, literally. I mean, I already announced one other song is my favorite song, but this is, as Sarah said, this is the hit. So, Sarah, I give you the floor to chat about Miss New Slang. I I think it's chuggy of me to admit that I fucking love this song. Um. And I do love this song. And it's just, it's like truly like an emo ballad for the ages. It makes you feel all the types of ways, no matter where you are, like what else is going on in your life. When that song comes on, you're like, I am 12 years old waiting for the school bus in the gray rain. And I am screaming into the infinite abyss and 
you know, whatever <laughs> Natalie Portman says, this song will change your life. And I don't know if it like <laughs> fully changed my whole entire life, but I will say that it is an incredible song. Um, the vibe is there. I feel like this is like the point in the album when James gets it right and like kind of tones down a lot of the like crazy fun stuff we've heard like throughout the first six songs there's a lot of like wild effects happening and like delays and weird instrument choices and here he's kind of like i'm just gonna play the song um and it really works for me i think it's fucking awesome i think it's it definitely is game changing and it's beautiful and also the vocals are much louder on this song than a lot of the rest of the record which i think is part of the reason it it sticks with so many people as you can hear those lyrics and you can understand what's going on. I totally agree. I think this is kind of, uh, maybe I'm sure that it happens before this, but I think that this is kind of like the first time that the lyrics get really like personal and they're kind of like less abstract and just very like the imagery is instantly relatable and it's telling like a tale of how this person actually feels. It's not, there's no onion, no mustard, no nothing like that. It's very just like no earnestly condiments. like this is how I be feeling. And I um, love that. I love when an artist can just like pull back the ridiculous artistry, quote unquote artistry haze and just be like, okay, earnestly, this is how I feel, period. Mm-hmm. So I just adore that. And I think, again, though I do think um, the other Garden State song is better. I get why this song has, um, say it with me, 227.3K views on (laughs) Genius.com. Wow. People are like, King of the Eyesores? What is he saying there? (laughs) Googling (laughs) Genius.com. Literally, you got to get on Genius.com. Sarah, you should annotate your own songs on this here, on this here website. That would, you know what? I want to, I want to leave it up to the people. Oh, I want, you know I want the fans is. to annotate. I respect that choice. <laughs> All right, Beckyana, how do you feel about Miss New Slang? Okay, remember when we were talking about Camera Obscura and how more mm. people need to utilize fading in a song? Yes, yes. Because yeah, <laughs> there it is. I love a fade in. Um, Sarah's got her hands on the faders. She's bringing them all up. <laughs> it's good. It's um, really good. You okay? Listening to this for the first time in these headphones, I was like, "Wow, you you can really get lost in this song." Like, the guitar <laughs> is so good. The and I totally agree with everything Sarah said about like everything is not buried in reverb. It's just like very straightforward and the bass line following the vocal melody in the chorus it's like perfection his voice is like so pretty i'm just like stop hiding it under all this crazy effects and then let us hear your beautiful voice um yeah the song rocks ass. yeah i would go so far as to say the song <gasps> fucks oh, i think shit. i would would i yeah okay I think this song fucks. Yes! That's three fucks. Wow. I will say it is just so different to um, be digesting this song in the context of the album that is associated with it over the the various artists' soundtrack for Miss Garden State. (laughs) 
Um, okay, track seven, The Celibate Life. Uh, I think that this song sounds crazy. The audio quality on this song is crazy. Am sounds, I crazy for saying that? The drum sounds so bad on this song. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me do like Sarah, a quick refresh talk, here. Let's hear. Let me let me just quick pull this up and listen to a chunk of it so I can remember. The guitar tone is very the Walkman. Ooh, wait! I oh, love yeah. that band. Um, I do know that I, I'm trying to. I want to hear this drum sound again. <laughs> <laughs> um, who's is that? Okay. You are you watching like a YouTube video? That's got to be Sarah. <laughs> that's me. That's me. <laughs> she goes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I do like this song, Sarah. Sarah, I am in the history of the podcast. We've never had someone do whatever your audio just no, did. No, Lily, us. Lily did it, but wasn't aware of it. Oh, okay. I got. Oh my god, Lily's on my shirt today. Oh my god. Yeah, Miss La 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 La. She's coming out with a cool shirt. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I guess it'll be. It'll be not tomorrow for when you listen to this app. It'll have already been out. But I, and everyone that's listening to this app will be like, yes, it's the best song ever. Period. Um, <laughs> But okay, so Sarah, how do you feel about the celibate life having now listened to the beautiful drum sounds? Yes, drum sound definitely sucks. Um, <laughs> the song rocks. I love the like rolling thing. Like you're, I don't know. It feels like the Kinks are like, you know, like some kind. Again, they're like back in this British pop thing. They're like every every melody, verse, chorus, every section of the song is like an equally important melody which is really cool and something that the shins do a lot um this song i think is about the opposite of a of a celibate life it's kind of like about a a, somebody being pretty sleazy sleazy in my i my impression of these lyrics where it's like yeah you led no celibate life yeah yeah exactly um so nice little switch up in the title that's fun i love when when we don't get what's advertised in a song. Um, <laughs> a beautiful misdirect. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, all audio quality aside, I think this song rocks, and I think it's it's comes out of new slang in a, in a beautiful way, you know? Like, I think it really, it, may, it, like, highlights the fact that we just heard the apex of this album, and then you're just shot into the next side of the record. Um, also, it's under two minutes, which undeniably rocks. <laughs> yeah, we've thrown up the devil horns for that. Love a short song. Yeah. Um, I don't have a ton of opinions on the song. I will. I do appreciate the fact that it is sort of like a short, quick rocker after what might be the most depressing point of this record, um, which, which is just like a nice, a nice little contrast. And yeah, I agree. It kind of starts, it sets a tone for like sliding into the back half very beautifully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, I think this song... Becca, did you... You started us, didn't you, on this yeah, one? Yeah, I just... The drums are so unfortunate. But other than that, the Walkman guitar is great. I think the celibate life, it, it rocks. Mm-hmm. The celibate life rocks. A quote by Carl. It's a horrible sentence. <laughs> <laughs> the way I like said it, it was like, oh no, someone's going to isolate this part of the pod and really eviscerate my 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 life, my existence, my reputation. That's what's called. Reputation. Um, track eight, 
Girl on the wing. <laughs> what the fuck is this song title? <laughs> girl on the wing You're is the a girl crazy on the wing song title. of a barnstormer. Right. It's it's about a girl on the wing of those old timey airplanes. Oh, that's called a barnstormer? Barnstormer. Mm-hmm. A two person single engine plane with an open cockpit, often a biplane. There's a lot of horny imagery in that sentence alone yeah. did you hear that well you when you say cockpit <laughs> and by play <laughs> nice okay this song is rated x and i'm going to say that girl i really don't act i'm it's all i don't have a lot of opinions on this song but i like now that i know that it's pornography i'm gonna say this song rocks I think it rocks. I I also don't have like too many opinions on it. I I think like again, we're just sort of hearing this experiment in like James's production and and arrangement and like kind of this uh Be- Beatles or or like early psychedelia moment. He's obviously very wildly creative. If anyone kind of you know, was interested in this band circa this record and then hopped out for any reason and then hopped back in and to see that him, he's like essentially probably the only founding member still in the project, I think that it'd be justified. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Ricardo, gonna, how do you feel I'm gonna about say Girl on the Wing? This is a favorite song of mine on this album. Whoa! Hits with the I love this song. The keyboards are fun. <laughs> The what really gets me is like there's a there's a really good little like vocal and just musical change up where it's like I don't even it doesn't specify if it's like a chorus or a bridge I guess it it's kind of a bridge but it's it's where it goes into like uh, before we take this ride and let it slide into the cracks where fall and winter collide. I surrender all my gall in a song of modern love. Like, that shit is so good. Yeah, that's good. And this is, like, one of their most, like, rock songs, I think. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, what surrendered all my gall in a song of modern love is very... That's very fourth wall breaking and, and cool. I mean, I think he does that a lot. He does a lot of, like... I know that I'm a guy singing a song about singing songs. Yes, and that is such a crazy headspace to occupy as a songwriter, and I feel like it it can often alienate your audience, but I think that this band kind of speaks to um, the relatability of doing that. When you do that well, you can still become wildly famous and, you know, appear on Gilmore Girls. True. Is this the one that has the, like, little like Casio... VL tone sound on it, like it sounds. I like would a little... know. I don't know what that means, but it does have the keyboard the whole time, and it's like ba- it's bouncing around. Yeah, it's like this little like it, it's basically Casio made this keyboard that's like also a calculator, <laughs> and it has these like tiny. But I don't know if this is exactly what he used, but it sounds exactly like it, and it has these like very hard to play buttons, and you can also do <laughs> do simple math on it. <laughs> Okay, I love that we have a literal audio professional and audio historian and gearhead um, up in the chat today. Thank you, a gamers. Thank you, gearheads. The chat. <laughs> um, I think "Girl on the Wing" 
I think it rocks. I think, I think it rocks. It, it it rocks. The way that you two are afraid to talk over each other. Literally, there's no <laughs> such thing as talking over each other on this podcast. But Carl, I think you have a really bad delay too. So I'm like, uh, I probably do. I'm using my BF's Wi-Fi, and I, as someone who has Facetimed and Zoomed with him a lot, I know it's not always amazing. <gasps> <laughs> It's what happens when you live in a big city. You know, you got to pay for the Google Fi or what is that? Verizon Fios. Have Google Fiber. I don't Fiber. know anything about Wi-Fi. I don't have that, and I don't think Nick does either. Please edit all this out, please. Okay. Um, <laughs> track. What fucking number is this? Nine. Uh, We're on track number nine. Your, your algebra. algebra. Your algebra. Um, wow. Not many lyrics to this song. This song sucks. <laughs> Boom! Okay, Becca, how do you feel about your algebra? I like it because <laughs> it's it's spooky. I there's like very sound design vibes going on in the song, and you know, as someone who is a big fan of that, and you know, um, it's great. It's it's very I'm in a tunnel and there's like a spooky guy singing and just you know playing a single string acoustic guitar melody and um there's like distant whistling sounds but I think I'm pretty sure it's just like a high synth tone um yeah there's like cello going on it's great yeah you know as with uh the rest of the record the sounds are pretty cool um across the board and i also feel like it's kind of just like james mercer like smoked weed for the second time and was like what (laughs) yeah (laughs) like let's get weird yeah like he like installed a red light bulb in his lamp or something and was like (laughs) oh my god cool that it bro rocks (laughs) i love the imagery um okay does anyone else have anything they must say about this song what are what are your thoughts i don't really have thoughts on this song the back half of this record this is famously this is the it rocks or it sucks conundrum of carl kuhn once we get to the three-quarter mark i'm just like my attention span is gone this is such a short record though no it's still long to me like 30 minutes i need 20 minutes oh my god damn that's i need nine minutes yeah <laughs> 10 songs nine <laughs> minutes period oh my god that's that's a 10.0 best new music in my book that, I, oh yeah i don't i just really don't have a ton of opinions on this song i think there are things that happen that, there are a lot of things that happen before this song on this record that hook me and then by the time you're at this song i'm like there's nothing left to get hooked like you mm. know the fish is on the line you already reeled him up he's flopping around in the boat like i'm i'm you won me over i don't need this late game like you know moment hmm i i'm a fan i'm a fan of the late in the record single like i feel like when there's like a surprise single on like track nine track 10 i'm like okay powerful song placement there famously ian cohen came on this podcast said that that's the jimmy world move he said that they slay that they do and big thief had uh always has a late in the record like show-stopping song 
So does Illuminati hotties. <laughs> I'm, I'm blushing. That's the most serious I've ever said anything on the podcast. That's really... I am, I am literally speechless right now. <laughs> Thank you. Lady Gaga speechless. <laughs> Thank you. All rippers, no skippers. Um, That's the I literally... I'm gonna... I'm, I'm just gonna say your algebra. I think it's fine. I think it sucks. <laughs> um, I think... I think it goes beyond any of these uh, confined definitions of rocking or sucking or fine because it's so abstract. No. Becca, shut the <laughs> fuck up! Uh, oh my god. Um, I'm gonna say it's spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, sickening. It is spooky. Love that. (laughs) It rocks or it's spooky. Um, Okay, track 10, pressed in a book. I Can I tell you, I like the lyrics to this song. I have a joke for the song. Okay, Becky, go. Want to hear my impression of the symbols in the song? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I just hit all over my computer. <laughs> They're so quiet. <laughs> yes. I'm kind of down with the quiet symbol though. I feel like too much symbols is is bad. But it is very quiet. Has famously always had way too much symbol, so yeah. Mm. I'm trying to turn it down in the future. <laughs> but these are like <laughs> what what is going on in in the song with the like like there is room to turn up the symbols but they are so quiet it's just (laughs) i would say possibly no overheads on this drum set is what i'm learning from this cymbal sound i mean famously this could have been the eighth or ninth drum setup for tracking this record so by now you know the one mic that had an xlr cable the xlr broke so now we're back to the mics that don't have xlr cables we are back (laughs) we're back we're back he's like literally recording all the audio now in his like nokia brick phone that does not have a color screen i really do wonder when he recorded this in terms of like the order of songs because it sounds the worst quality wise mm-hmm. yeah i'm with i do love fun. this song though and i don't remember loving this song back in the day unless listening listening back to it i was like this is a beautiful song and the like there he the lyrics i think are really nice like you said carl um there's like this part he says they just talk and make plans in the dark or make haste with the ideas they can't help but creep good people out and I think that is such a weirdly like close to the heart lyric when, especially like in this uh, era of manic pixie dream girl um, novelization, <laughs> um, you know, you're like all this whole record really in general is about a guy being like, oh, like. I'm a wallflower, I'm an outcast, I'm a... But when he says that, but creep good people out, you're like, whoa, like, there is a... There is, like, real darkness in that line. Yes, there is. And it's funny because it, like, it makes you... 
um, it makes you kind of reckon with someone in your life you would view as like a quote-unquote good person, like the concept of good people. And I think that that's always a fun thing. I love when an artist utilizes that in like a fun, cool way, um, in a way that actually evokes thought. Shout out to that. Um, this is kind of a song, pardon, about songs, about writing songs, um, which is, again, we just talked about that and how um, it takes skill to make that something palatable to people that don't write songs Mm -hmm. relatable to people that don't write songs um and also any song unfortunately i'm only talking about lyrics in this moment i'm so sorry james and anyone else that might have performed instruments on this song um but uh, any song that makes mention of a wild pack of dogs is i'm just gonna love it (laughs) yeah i'm with you good dog metaphor always gets you it's okay Beckyana? Yeah, I am just now paying attention to the lyrics because when I listened to it earlier, I was like, what is this mix? I mean, his vocals are really dry in this song, which is nice. And they're panned really weird. There's like one in the left and one in the right, but I don't, there's something, it's something weird going on there. I want the stems to the song. Whoa, yeah. Cause I feel like Sarah, Sarah, you could ask and get them. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll just send James Mercer a DM. If you're listening to this, James, I know you've listened to the other episodes, so <laughs> send us the that stems. He is welcome on the pod. Yes, James Mercer, if you're listening to this, you are welcome on the pod. You have an open invitation. Anyone that... Um, Actually, I don't know anything about the other members of this band, really. I'm, that's so <laughs> evil of me to admit in this thing where I'm, like, pretending to be critical of this band's work. Um, but James, yeah, open invitation, period. Sorry I said your song sucks, James, if you're still listening. <laughs> My jaw hits the floor. Um, I think pressing a book, I like the imagery. Also, again, more imagery about closing a little flower in a book. Love that j'adore doing that it's a cute practice i sound fucking crazy i'm sweating so much i think that this song i think the song rocks mm-hmm. i think rocks i think uh rocks rocks you don't sound convinced it's just the mix is weird man. it's pretty yeah i mean i think yeah across the board this it you know he's learning how to make a record he's stumbling through cool yeah. edit pro <laughs> that's why i'm like i wonder when this was recorded in comparison yeah. to all the other songs yeah the chronological timeline yeah um <laughs> sorry. carl okay. are you okay <laughs> i'm not okay i'm <laughs> sweating my ass off i'm losing my mind and sweating we have to change shirts when I walk out of this room. How crazy is that? Um, track, track last, track last. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> the past and pending. All right, Sarah Tudson, I give you the floor. I think this is a cool way to wrap up the album. I feel like, you know, I, I feel like it, it doesn't, it didn't strike me. Uh, when I first listened to this record and the second time around I was a little more like oh I I think having seen the rest of the Shins career play out I like appreciate this song more for some reason and 
it it just sort of it doesn't really do anything we haven't heard yet but it also feels comfy it feels nice it feels uh pleasant you know like i i think it's just kind of a a last track in a way where it's not is not making any bold statements about the album or any like conclusion it's not like bringing us to a a wild climax or conclusion it, it just sort of is like here is a nice additional song for everyone i agree with all of that i think it would have been almost on a record that is obviously the sonic qualities are a little across the board but i don't think there's a ton of variance in um like actual songwriting or like you know wildly different ideas there's no like metal song there's no song with a d-beat drum part or anything like that i feel like anything stranger than what has already happened occurring in the last song would be far-fetched and insane and make no sense um so i think that that i think that this kind of being a little bit of a lull but like a nice way to like put a period on the record is cool um i was surprised when i was listening to the record the first time through today um to revisit because i was like i don't remember it ending like this i can't believe it's already over i can't believe we're already back at the beginning it it does kind of feel like not necessarily going out with a bang but just you know inoffensive way to wrap up the ideas that you have been presenting and i'm sure at the point at which this record was first released i think even trying to record one more song under such harrowing circumstances would have been too much so (laughs) (laughs) right becky past and pending yeah, I mean, it's good. I feel like this is a song I would put on uh, to fall asleep to, which is not meant to be, like, an offensive comment. Like, it's just... It can very, be a huge compliment. It's just, yeah. like, chill. It's calm. There's, like, beautiful French horn going on there. It's, uh, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice closing to what we have experienced on this album. Yeah. I forgot about the horns and stuff. It's kind of like a, they do like a, it's almost like a, a Boards of Canada-esque, like, close chord arrangement thing, which is, which is really cool. I agree massively. I think, I think these are smart people. I think James employs smart, I think James is a smart person who employs smart people, and that is really, it's that's cool we re- we respect that in the biz um yeah. and obviously again just speaking to the absolute magnitude um that this band had on indie rock culture they obviously slayed the game i don't think this band actually knows how to write a bad song like a bad bad song yeah i would agree with that i don't think they're i mean i'm not as familiar with like new like shin's stuff of the last four or five years but same um but as far the stuff that i do know that they're (laughs) known for i would say is there is no bad song yeah there's i don't think i've ever been like offended by a shins song i can't say that about every band most unpalatable (laughs) to me it's still very palatable and still very good and well executed yeah song writing i don't know where i was going with that genius songwriting um maverick mogul 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 thoughts mogul only. mogul vibes yeah <laughs> i need a lobotomy and i need to take a cold shower <laughs> <laughs> okay i think the past impending i you know what? i'm gonna say it rocks i'm gonna say just fine i think 
I think it rocks. Okay, that means we've reached the end of the standard version of O Inverted World by The Shins. Um, before we deliver a final verdict, is there anything anyone wants to say about this band or this album? I would like to say that one interesting fact that I found out is that I think they got signed to Sub Pop in the middle of making this record. Like, I how does that happen? They so James is in a different band at the time called Flake Music. Flake, and yes. The lead singer from Flake and, or the lead person in Flake and James were trading some tunes. The guy in Flake says, this is amazing. Sends it to his buddy, who is an A&R at Sub Pop Records, and so- they sign The Shins. Um, in, in, and in that moment, <laughs> The Shins far surpass Flake all of a sudden in their career. Um... So they they got signed, I think, either right after they made this or sometime in the the middle. Um, And then Sub Pop had projected them selling about 10,000 records. Sub Pop was in a lull, big time, um, after grunge crashed so horrifically at the end of the (laughs) 90s, early 2000s. And the record sold 100,000 copies in the first year and a half or two years. So, in the first two years of the record being out, it ascends Sub Pop's projection by, you know, ten times the amount that they thought. Um, And Sub Pop is back on the map as, like, this Pacific Northwest, gray weather, uh, taste-making label. So, that doesn't happen anymore. It does not happen anymore. (laughs) I want that to happen uh, more. I want that to happen some more again so bad, but... Wow, that is so kooky. Also, I wonder if flake music person like literally wants to off themselves, or if, I wonder if they feel great about that. I, you know, I have no idea. I don't really. I'm not familiar with flake at all, and I, I wonder, I wonder the same thing. I feel like it's. I hope it's all in good fun. Yeah, there has to be at least admiration, reverence there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the flake person had to be talented and also good at what they did if james was playing music with them yeah so there's just such a crazy when you start talking about like success in terms of like the big money in music it's so it gets weird it gets hard to quantify qualify Mm -hmm. but yeah wow crazy to get signed mid-recording i think oh okay sorry what you you just jogged my memory they sent new the Flake person sent new slang over, um, and Sub Pop signed that as part of their like singles club thing. New slang and then a B side that's not on Oh Inverted World, um, and then I think turned that into signing the band full time once they were here. That's hearing cool. The rest of it. Okay, so that kind of does still happen. I know a lot of labels would do like single series and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's like okay. Indie rock is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is uh, it is i okay. this was definitely golden era of indie rock it was kicking off it was kicking off a an era when 
these labels were making a lot of money and these bands were seeing a lot of fans and they were getting placements that like i feel like getting placed in a tv show became cool all of a sudden whereas like before it was like oh you're like you're in a mitsubishi commercial congratulations and now then it became like oh like the you know gray's anatomy and the oc and all, movies were suddenly like taste making music in, in a way that i don't think had happened in a long time yeah, I wish it was still kind of like that. I feel like there is still like some like amount of of pomp and circumstance and excitement when you land a licensing deal that gets you in like keeping up with the Kardashians or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's like I don't know indie rock. This is like making me remember that indie rock is fun, and that famously I have a toxic relationship with indie rock. So I'm just. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for bringing this record across our little desk. Of course. Thanks for having me. I hope if, you know, if this is complete crazy chaos, um, just let me know and I'm happy to send over any missing pieces or... Oh my god, we're gonna have you ad-lib crazy shit and just send over (laughs) you, like, making sound effects and we're gonna throw them in wherever. (laughs) I would also, (laughs) I would love to do that. Okay, sickening. So we're gonna deliver a final verdict. Becca, wait, I'm sorry, Becca, do you have anything you want to say? No. She goes, absolutely fucking not. Um, Okay, so I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, you're going to say whether it rocks, it sucks, it's fine, or it fucks. Okay? And we all do it at the same time. Okay. Pandemonium vibes. All right, ready? One, two, three. It's fine. Was that three rocks? I have no idea. I said it's fine. (laughs) Oh! I didn't hear that at all. Okay, listen. The qualification for It Rocks, as we all know, is all rippers, no skippers, and I would not say that this album has no skippers. (laughs) My jaw is on the fire! It has some amazing songs, amazing highlights, I think high percentage of rock, but overall, just fine. Wow. Wow, this has been a ride this has been a ride in so many levels i did not expect it to conclude like this <laughs> but just i being actually real. love that you have such a logical explanation for your verdict that's we need more of that on the pod i, I feel like i just be saying shit sometimes i'm happy um, to be the simon cowell here oh my god you are the simon cowell <laughs> i'm Nicki minaj when she was on that like one season yes <laughs> <laughs> I always just say I'm the villain of the pod. It's so. not true though, Beck. It is. Beck, I, I, how many names have I called you this up? I'm so sorry. I don't care. I, I, I we don't care. I don't um, care. Okay, so Sarah Tudson, where can the people find you online? Um, all the regular places, really: Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Bandcamp, music streaming stuff, internet. Apps. Talk. Dot edu. And Sarah Hudson, you have a new record coming out. I do. I do. It's true. What's it called? The new record is called Let Me Do One More. It's the third album Illuminati Hotties has ever put out, will ever put out, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> um, very excited that I'm putting it out uh, with Hopeless Records and with my own uh, imprint under Hopeless called Snack Shack. Really excited. You should be. The- I'm so 
as someone who's known you for a couple of years now, mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with your trajectory. I'm Thank obsessed you. with you. I think that you are so amazing, so talented, Aww. so sweet, so funny, so nice, great at math, amazing at arithmetic. Those are the same <laughs> things. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. I love you guys. This was fun. All right. um, Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Listen to Illuminati Hotties. Period. It Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye.